everybody, this is Brett. And I'm Christian. And you're listening to the Gilded Films Podcast. Academy Awards Predictions 2020 slash 2021. Back to Gilda Films podcast. We bring you not a episode of which picture was best, but we will be back with that. And also, you can listen to the two episodes that we have already done over 2016 and 1964. They're pretty good. But today, we bring you one of our favorite ones, and actually one of our most popular ones. As Brett has told me, it is our Academy Awards predictions. Ooh, and our thoughts on some of them. Um, this is the 93rd Academy Awards, one that was uh, very impacted by. COVID-19 because it is not only honoring the films of 2020, but films from the first two months of 2021 as well. I was actually surprised that a lot got in there. Um, a couple of, of them are probably gonna win their respective categories, but we'll see eventually April 25th. I had a look at my calendar. I thought it was the 26th, but it's the 25th. And today is April 10th. So we're a little bit two weeks away as we're recording this. But as always, it's me, Christian. Hello. And Brett. Hi. Hello. Hello. And joining us is the one, the only, the Zay. They already heard me. They knew. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> Not a Zay episode. It's like a Shemp. You get a Shemp Three Stooges. <laughs> and also we have with us a good friend, KB. Yeah, so I think KB's going to join us. He's there. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll join in later to join us for some of the, the later categories. Um, this will actually be kind of a, a crossover with uh, his podcast, The Center Seat. So this is, I, I believe, the largest group we've ever had to record a podcast so this is exciting yeah so i mean it's like i said it's always our most popular one it's the one that we always have the highest listening numbers for, so yeah which is really funny because i look back and i like we have i look at the listenership for these two episodes and i'm like there were not that many when the oscars actually premiere for those so somebody just listened to these just to hear how wrong we were honestly at some point. so <laughs> I'm sure that'll be the case this year. Um, this was a weird year. I feel the least confident I felt in years in a lot of these categories, uh, just because it feels like a lot of stats can be thrown out the window this year. Um, but we'll see. This is why it's fun. So still waiting on some awards. The BAFTAs are starting today and finishing up tomorrow. So those could impact some things. Um, I know we've still got some guilds that are coming up, but we'll see what we come up with. Um, we are going through all 23 categories, no longer 24, since there is only one sound category now. Um, and we will go through all those, see what we think. We'll give our prediction for each, the nominee we think should win, and the one uh, uh, one or two you know, big snubs, uh, biggest snubs that we see for the category, because those are, there are going to be a lot of them. So let's go ahead and jump in with the shorts category. I know that, I believe... Um, Christian Zay, I, I believe all three of us have seen all three of these categories now. So this yes. 
it's probably the first year where we've all seen them in time to record for this. Uh, but let's jump into best animated short or film. At least you, Brad. At least me. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair. I'm usually missing the docs category because like back in Lawrence, they only ever got animated in live action. So I've yeah, always they missed never the docs. The doc. They never show the docs around here either. Yeah. So, but I personally thought the docs were the best this year of the three. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah. But I don't know. I, yeah, we'll get into it. Uh, let's 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 go into animated short film. Uh, we've got, of course, five nominees here. They are called Burrow, uh, Genius Loci. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, if anything happens, I love you, Opera, and Yes People. So, Christian, I know you love animated stuff, both shorts and live action. So, let's take it away with you. What are what is your predicted winner? What do you what is your favorite? And what do you think? Was there any snubs here that you saw that didn't get in? Okay, so my predicted winner. Um, I think I, I said this the first time I saw it, but I'm, and I haven't read up anything of like what is supposed to win, but if anything happens, I love you. That sort of seems to me like the projected winner. And I'm only saying that because of the content matter of it. I liked it. I didn't like super love it, of course, but when you have the content matter of it, of a family mourning the loss of their child after a school shooter, mm-hmm. they, yeah, it's like one of those timely concepts. Of course. Um, it wasn't my favorite of this group, but it's there. My favorite of the nominees was Burrow. And you both know that. I love that damn little thing. I thought it was great. And Opera was also really good. And then biggest snubs. Uh, let me get my list. I only have two. I don't think uh, the first one, I don't think really had a chance, but it was Playdate with Destiny, which was the Simpson short that was in front of Onward. Mm-hmm. I really like that one. And then Out which was also on Disney Plus, which I actually thought had a big chance of getting in, but it didn't because, I don't know, homophobia or something like that. Probably. It was shortlisted. I remember seeing that. Right. So, and it was like really good, but they went with Burrow in terms of the Disney stuff, which is fine. I would get rid of, I'd get rid of Yes People and switch it without. But yeah, I don't know. I like them all. I th- If you really want to be like, if you really want something super, super visual, and this is another reason why this one could win, but opera, like there's so much happening in that short amount of time. I sat so close to the screen because I just watched it on TV, but you sit so close to the screen and you can see like every little detail on that pyramid in every little section. And it's really, really cool. And it's just visually appealing. Uh, and just like, I don't know, like I did, sit close to the screen if you get the chance to watch it. I mean, gouge your eyes out. I don't care. Huh. We're not here to be lawsuited. <laughs> there you go. Zay, what about you? What do you think? Um, <clears throat> so I think I agree with Christian. If anything happens, I will love you. Will be it just feels the most Oscar baby to me, honestly. And I feel like that's kind of how the shorts categories go, that they usually go with the most baby one. And it's on Netflix, so it's more accessible and all that. And it's the one I've seen the most of from other people even talking about them. Um, but I would say my favorite is Genius Lo... I said Lochi. I don't speak French. I don't either, obviously, so... <laughs> um, but I loved it. Very avant-garde. Very... A lot of things happening. But I think this was, like, the strongest animated, like... Even like um, if anything happens, I love you. I didn't love it, but I was like, if this is the worst one, I'm fine with that. 
because I actually liked the um, Icelandic one that everyone else hated. I thought it was cute. Um, but if I had to say anyone that were snubbed, World of Tomorrow episode three, I mentioned it on our best of 2020 episode. I loved it so much. And I don't know if it was like actually like gunning for any Oscars, but it was perfect. Um, and also a short film called Coming Out that a trans uh, director made about Godzilla Jr. coming out as trans to Godzilla. And it's very cute. Nice. I love it. It made me cry. Where can we find that? Um, I think she tweeted it out. A li- I'll, I'll send it to you if I, f- I can find it. Cool. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. I, on one hand, I, I, I agree that if anything happens, I love you is going to win here. But I also feel like every time I predict against Disney, they win. And then half the time I do predict them, they lose. So I don't know. I'm stuck in a, a, a cross between Burrow and if anything happens, I love you. But I do agree. Um, the latter has more of the social, you know, um, impact that I, I think, like you said, say Oscar voters kind of look for with some of these shorts categories. Um, so it's probably going to be that. I actually, it was my favorite of the bunch, not going to lie. But I I don't know. I, I really liked that one. I really liked opera um i liked burrow i i did think it was kind of like typical disney but it was good um so yeah if anything happens i love you i'm gonna go with that for both my prediction and my personal go-to um for the way it tells that story snubs i honestly i didn't seek out many animated short films this year aside from the ones that come when you rent the nominated short films and the ones that I liked from that, one of them was To Gerard, which was like a yes. DreamWorks one. And it's so sweet and cute and just like really like emotional. And I really wish that would have got into. So, but yeah. So anyway, it sounds like we're all thinking if anything happens, I love you. Uh, we'll be victorious there. And that one I believe was also on Netflix. So that might be something that yeah, gets a lot of viewers produced. too. Yeah, so... And that Burrow is up this case. Plus. There you go. Awesome. So let's go on now to best documentary short. Um, these ones were called uh, Colette, A Concerto is a Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha. Um, as always, most of these do kind of focus on different social issues as doc short films typically do. And so, uh, Zay, I'll go to you first here. What do you think with this category? Um, so the one I think is going to win is a concerto as a conversation because they tend to go for, if there's four really deep, heavy ones, they'll go with the lighter one. That's mm. exactly what they did. Remember that one short about the girls in uh, India that were making like pat- like making pads and tampons and stuff? Oh period end of sentence that's it oh, yeah. like it was a very good film but it was also the only one that was like a lighter tone so i think that's why they went that one and that's my thinking for that um personally my favorite was a love song for latasha um i thought it was just very deep and personal that you know her, i i that's the one i haven't seen the longest i watched it like right when it came out on netflix um and to prepare for this podcast i decided to skip it um during the rewatch um but i liked it especially because some of them just felt very exploitative exploitative i really did not like that hunger ward one it made me feel so uh, 
just made by an American company to, I don't know. It just felt like a lot of these were awards, baby. And I don't know. I was also in a weird mindset this morning, but yeah. I also liked the the Hong Kong protest one. I thought that was also very good. Um, but yeah. So that's my thoughts. I don't have any snubs. I don't really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, I have no idea what's winning here. This is one I, I, I just don't know. I, I think you do have a really good argument for concerto though. I was thinking Colette might win. Uh for reasons I don't know, but I remember in the past they have given this award to films about Holocaust survivors. Uh, and so this one is kind of related in that way. So, uh, but I don't know. The, the, yeah, I, I just, yeah. So I'll, I'll go with Colette, just I guess to throw it out there. Uh, but I agree. My favorite is also a long love song for Latasha uh, for the reasons you mentioned. And also because the other four seem like the way they're shot seems like pretty typical fly on the wall documentary style for me. And a love song for Latasha does some interesting things visually uh, mm-hmm. that make it really impactful too. So it feels a lot different than the other four. Um, and I thought it was really well done. Um, and yeah, really great. So I also don't have any snubs here cause I didn't seek any out, but Christian, what do you think? I also don't have any snubs. These are the only documentary shorts that I saw. But I did, I really liked Colette. Um, I like the type of films that are like Holocaust survivors where they get to tell their story back. And well, I guess she wasn't really a Holocaust survivor, but her brother was. Her brother was yeah. She's impacted by it. But I really did also love a love song for Latasha as well. And I was actually shocked that this was one of the nominated things because Latasha, the subject, I remember that name. And Brett brought it back to me that um, it's referenced in OJ Made in America. In that documentary, and I was like, oh, I know this story. Wait a second. Looking it up, I'm like, yes, I do know this. It's really good. I could also put in an argument that Do Not Split, which was the Hong Kong protest one, could win. More so as, and I don't know who votes for these, but more as a, uh, like a F you to China, since China has now banned this ceremony because this got nominated. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, since it is like, it, it's obviously an anti-Chinese situation here between hong kong and them they've banned it they said don't even show it this year this oscars because you guys decided to nominate this so i could see that um yes a concerto it's fine i didn't really care for it that much but it is the most calm of them hunger ward you always have to have something to do with middle east and especially children (laughs) mtv decided to produce it which is so weird yeah just torture that that's what my biggest thing was mtv producing it and i'm like you people could have done this in any you have a big old platform i don't know why you didn't like this i don't know i didn't like it yeah oh i mean it's right i think it'll come down to either colette or a love song for latasha mm-hmm. yeah i one thing that might be a factor for do not split is it's the one of these that I, i'm pretty sure it's the only one that references the coronavirus and that could either work really well for it or it could work against it. It could go either way with that. So that's interesting. Can you imagine too. next year we're probably going to get an animated short, a documentary, and a live action short, and a feature length documentary that all going to have something to do with COVID? Yeah. Yeah. No. I thought it was going to happen this year in documentary feature, honestly. But well, that that one COVID documentary was actually pretty good. Yeah, I never saw. I don't. I don't want to be like overloaded i don't <laughs> let they're us gonna, breathe they're gonna do it to us yeah that's right I, I don't want to see it but i i agree I, I think they're gonna go that route 
Very nice. Well, let's go on to live action short film. Uh, the nominees here were Feeling Through, The Letter Room, uh, The Presence, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Um, so I, I think the winner here, this is another one. I don't know how to call it. Uh, I did see that The Presence just won the BAFTA for Best British Short Film. Um, so that might be something in its favor. I could see it winning. I think that it's going to go to Two Distant Strangers because... Yeah, I think that's a film that they're going to see as relevant. I think it handles the the subject matter very, very poorly. I think it's a terrible film, to be honest. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, they did let the skin win. Or what yeah. Was, yeah, it was the skin. Yeah. And when Christian was telling me, he was like, you know, you were texting me about this, this film. And I'm like, oh, so is this another skin? Uh, and it seems like it very well might be. I don't know. They made that into a full length feature. I can't handle a full length feature of this. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Um, as for my favorite, though, I, I really don't know. I I enjoyed all of these except for Two Distant Strangers. I think the one that I came closest to loving was probably Feeling Through. Um, but I don't know. I, I didn't absolutely love any of them, if I'm honest. So, uh, Christian, what do you think? Um, I have no uh, snubs because these were the only ones, but uh, Feeling Through I really, really liked a lot. I don't know. I thought it was sweet and charming. And I was really, uh, really nice to see that Marley Matlin had some input in producing this because I saw that she tweeted when it got nominated, but I didn't know what it was for. But that was good. The Letter Room was fine. It's weird that you have like star power in this with Oscar yeah. Isaac and it's a short film. The Present was good um very eye-opening with the whole israeli and palestinian relationship there white eye is fine i wasn't blown away it is just a remake of bicycle thief yeah that's, that's what i thought and like brett said two distant strangers is um mama this is garbage <laughs> it pained me so much to watch it and reading the plot synopsis of it which i'll tell people what it is if they don't get a chance to see it but then again why would you and it's on netflix so netflix. take a chance whatever but it is a let's say a groundhog and groundhog day inspired film where a black man every single day is killed by the same police officer yes i can see this probably winning because of the timeliness and the importance <sighs> of the topic but to watch this unfold in a 30 minute segment is painful. I get that it's like, we want to show you this, but with so much talk, especially now, cause um, there's the George, the George Floyd trials going on. It, it's painful to watch this. I hated it so much. Yeah, the ending just, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this was also a cat. I usually like the live action short category to an extent, but this one just felt like it was just hitting all the same like Oscar Beatty. Like I even texted Christian and I was like, all right, we have the categories. We have racism. And I was like, political upheaval in a country. And it's usually mostly the Middle East. Uh, Alzheimer's and children that are in trouble. <laughs> um, so it just, it was hitting all the buttons. And I was like, all right. Um, oh, and people with different, 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 like different able mm -hmm. people. Um, I really think feeling through might be the winner here. I mean, your argument for 
the other one is pretty sound because they some of those voters are kind of dumb and they'll be like (laughs) oh a social message we got it um but i think they all like i'm thinking back to when stutterer won this category and how i think they'll like um just a nice like wholesome story about you know a deaf and blind man um so maybe I forgot that they do like these types of stories because the one about the little girl who was deaf and her parents didn't want to that one won. That was a hybrid. The child and the differently abled. (laughs) So yeah, they do kind of like these. I don't know. It's probably like like we're saying, it's probably between feeling through and two distant strangers. And I love one and hate the other. Feeling through definitely... I didn't love it, but it was definitely the strongest one for me. It did, it did hit me in the emotions, so it did what it would set out to do. Yeah. But, yeah. And having an a- actor that actually was um, deaf and blind added very much to it. Right. Because I, I didn't know that until I started reading like letterbox reviews, and I was like, okay, I really I like that aspect a lot. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the shorts are always, I think, the hardest to call. Uh, they are why sure. I, I've always said like I am never ever not that I would anyway but I would never ever have 100% prediction rate because of the short categories like they're just so hard to predict so it's because they have like no, it's weird because they're the ones that don't really have any like campaigns yeah yeah <laughs> right. campaigns like no precursors really for the most part so I think know. the only ones the only ones that are super popular are the animated ones and you know when it's like the one that's going to win when it's most likely a Disney one in front of one of their big movies. Yeah. And Piper, for example, that thing just skyrocketed in June and it wins the Deservedly so. I love that little bird. Right. Yeah, it's a good one. And but also um the one before Incredibles 2, I forgot what's named. Oh Bow. Yeah. And Bow. Which was fine, but I it was not my favorite that year. All right. So moving on to the some of the more technical categories. First one we've got up here is best visual effects. Uh, our nominees were Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet. Christian, going to you. What do you think is going to happen here? Oh, God. Um, I know The Midnight Sky won like the visual effects award or something, which is huge. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm going to go with Tenet. Just great visuals beautiful visuals i I don't know the one and only ivan is such a weird choice as is mulan because i'm like what what cgi is in this trash and i haven't seen love and monsters yet but i plan on it um and some snubs for me the invisible man which Mm -hmm. is my personal winner of this year because i mean yeah um i also have color out of space uh yeah good visuals in that i have wolf walkers because an mm-hmm. animated film can technically be visual effects as well as soul because soul does also have some wonderful visuals to it and uh birds of prey but warner brothers didn't campaign that at all they so. sure fucking didn't i'm yeah. laughing because you just listed my entire best visual effects person hey. so <laughs> there's yeah. all mine too but see I, I kept it to one but i also had a lot of those on my mind yeah. mine was specifically the invisible man yeah, same here. Same here. Seeing like the behind the scenes stuff of that, I was like, oh my god, I would have no idea. Yeah. Um, I, since I'm already talking, I guess I'll go next. Yeah, Sorry, go but, for it. No, go um, for it. My, definitely, what I think is going to win is Tenet. It's definitely the snooty one of the group. I think 
even though it was kind of like left out of the conversation everywhere else. Um, personally, I do think Tenet has great stuff, but if Love and Monsters somehow won, I'd be very happy. Mm. It's a very charming, it's a very small movie. When I, I like rented it like in uh, January, I didn't expect it to be Oscar winning or nominated, <laughs> sorry. I, I was just like, oh, let's look like a fun movie. But yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Christian named everything I would have for snubs. Yeah. Yeah, same here on that. Um, I also, so yesterday I was going with the Midnight Sky because it did win that Visual Effects Society Award. But I got to thinking, one, Tenet won the BAFTA earlier today for this category. And I just think that it's a Christopher Nolan film. His films have won at least twice here before that I can think of. Uh, and I think it's the one that, you know, is there's a lot of dialogue around Tenet, but I think the visual effects is one that most people agree are really good. So um, the one aspect of that movie. So I think it's going to win there. I've only seen that in the midnight sky. And between those two, I would pick Tenet. Uh, and yeah, like you said, Christian, you name all my snubs, but like Zay said, Invisible Man would be what the one that I think most deserves to be here as well. So the Invisible Man, <clears throat> if it was nominated one, I had to compare it almost to like Ex Machina where it's, mm-hmm. it's subtle visual effects because that visual effects was basically her in right. a suit. And it would have made more sense than Mulan. Honestly, I, I honestly couldn't tell you what was in Mulan that's visual effects. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Mushu's not in that movie? No. Not a CGI Mushu? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next category is a, a newish uh, a change this year is, um, like I said, they combined both sound categories into one. So we've just got best sound once again. Uh, our nominees here are Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Zay, something really quick. Go for it. Go for it. I'm going to start this. Okay, go for <laughs> it. You got it. Sorry, Zay. Fuck me. <laughs> the sound to Mank is some of the worst sound I have ever heard. And I've witnessed many, many a bad film, like Florence Foster Jenkins type, terrible sounding, okay? (laughs) The fact it sounds like everybody in this film is in an empty warehouse talking and it's echoing makes no sense. I get they're trying to go for the period of the time, but it makes no goddamn sense. I hate this nomination for it. I hate it so much. Sound of Metal is going to win this easily. I think we've been knowing that. Um, yeah, because Sound of Metal's again, I love subtleness of things. Sound of Metal sound is incredible, especially the last scene that really incorporates it very well. Other ones that were snubbed, I have Invisible Man, Five Bloods, and Birds of Prey. I haven't seen Greyhound, haven't seen News of the World yet. Soul is fine. I don't really know why it's here. But Mank is just, this, it needs to get away from me. The sound of Mank is truly horrible. <laughs> That's it. That's my the spiel. Sound hey, of Mank. <laughs> the sound of Mank. Wait, is Paul Ricci in that one too? <laughs> I might watch it. <laughs> um, Zay, yeah. what do you got going here? Yeah, I agree with the Mank thing. It's, I have friends who like make music and some of their vocals are recorded on phones. That's what it sounds like to me. Um <laughs> My my friends make good music. That that it's no excuse for whatever the fuck this movie was. Hated Mank. Hate. I have to come on here and watch Mank. Anyway, 
Um, I actually think one of those Tom Hanks movies is going to get the sound because I have no idea about anything, but in my heart, it's telling me it's one of those movies. Um, I'm also not very good at figuring out. I can tell when something's bad sounding. Once it's like decent enough, I'm like, it's good sound. I don't know. So something like Sound of Metal, where it's very, it's like, I can tell what they're doing with the sound. I think that's my favorite of the group, even though I, I have criticized like some ways that it was used, but I think the quality is good, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I agree, The Five Bloods would have been a great one for this category. I also think First Cow would have been good. It's a very quiet film, and that's why I think it. Christian, I will go over to Kansas and slap your face. <laughs> giving me this is not a visual medium so you cannot see the face christian just gave me for saying first cow i'm you guys are in the minority for not liking first cow oh i'm aware no, normally you would applaud that. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even finish it <laughs> uh so yeah, actually, I, I think most years I would agree, Zay, that I, Greyhound and News of the World makes sense because they're the two that I feel, I haven't seen them, but just seeing the trailers and whatnot, I'm sure sound plays a big role because one of them is a war film and one of them is like a Western. So, uh, Oh, that's the action. difference between them? I don't even know what these movies... I know Greyhound <laughs> is about a war. I had no idea yes. what News of the World's about. Yeah, so... I, they just look like dad movies to me. I Like Christian, those are the two that I haven't seen either uh, and, and Zay... Uh, I don't, we must have something against Tom Hanks this year or something, but, uh, I, I think Station sound of zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, sound of metal. I do think is going to win just because it, it's so clear how it is being used in the movie. Um, it would be my preferred winner as well. Everybody, when they talk about sound of metal, the sound comes up. So, and I think the fact that it overperformed on nomination morning, just cement that's for it cements that for it uh i agree my top snub here was to five bloods um i'm just kind of even though it really underperformed i'm kind of astounded that it didn't get into best sound that seems like just a a go-to sound nominee to me so netflix was selling mank they wanted all the mank no to five bloods that's true all right so our next category here is best production design uh, Zay, let's go to you. And what do you think on this category? I definitely think Mank is the winner here. I I just know they're <laughs> eating that shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I'll be like, oh, it's like the good old days, isn't it, Charlie? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, um, my personal pick here would be the father. I think just the way they would really they use the rooms so well in that film and it's just you have to pay attention to it or it's it's changing on you and oh my god Mm -hmm. Uh, i need to see the father again anyway even though i really said i don't want to see it ever again but now i just keep thinking about it and i'm like um for snubs um i really think that the netflix film jingle jangle was an exceptional looking film with all of its production design. Um, it's not a great film, it kind of goes for too long, but the production design, good. I also would have put Lover's Rock. Um, since, I mean, I'm gonna be mentioning, lo- all right, Small Axe 
would never have in a million years gotten the Oscar. So I'm just going to say Lovers Rock because that's yeah. the main one. And if they were going to push one film, I think it would have been Lovers Rock because that was the most yes. anticipated. So that's where, not anticipated, Beloved. I'll say yeah. Beloved. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is going to Mank. Uh, I just saw it won the BAFTA today. And I think the Production Design Guild announces later today. So yeah, they're, they're going to eat up that old Hollywood stuff, whether it's good or not, I think. So, uh, and that's probably, honestly, uh, spoiler alert, I think that's going to be Mank's only win out of its 10 nominations. That's the only thing I have it winning. So we'll see. Um, my favorite of the bunch is, uh, yeah, absolutely The Father. Uh, I do like Ma Rainey's too, because that film, mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel staged, like we said, it works really well. So I think it's really good, but I think it's The Father for me, kind of in a landslide, honestly, just because the way it uses it. Agree, the, the most egregious snub here is Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Uh, I also thought I'm thinking of ending things because it's very simple, but the way they use the house in that film and even like the, the food stop they go to mm-hmm. uh, and the school. And it, I, I think it's just used really well. Christian is making faces because Christian hates that movie, but I would have nominated it too. We love a divisive film on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, no, I, Christian, we don't make faces when you talk about a movie we don't like. For most movies I like, you end up liking. Uh, that's that's not not wrong in my case. I, yeah, I don't, don't, say, don't but... be bringing up Space Jam then, I guess. <laughs> well, that's a both of us thing. You have to be attacking me. <laughs> anyway. uh, is it me? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Mank, whatever. It's fine. I Back to back production designs that go to old Hollywood. <sighs> Haven't you had enough? (laughs) My God, we get it. Hollywood is... I'll never forget there's a joke. And it's like, look at this. This is Hollywood. One time you could see cocaine trees as far as the eye could see. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Mank's fine. Um, The father is the best, though. I do like Mulroney. And somewhat, I somewhat like Tenant, only in the case of the big cylinders that they go through. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, those are pretty cool. But other than that, it'll be Mank because this category is boring. Uh, snubs, I have Birds of Prey, again. You can tell how much I love that. And also a film on Netflix called The Boys in the Band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very yeah. simple set. It is also set in one single apartment, like a studio apartment. And yeah, it was good. I think Emma was also snubbed there. A movie I didn't particularly like, but I like to look at. Yeah, I agree with that. I haven't seen it. Well, get to it. <laughs> I'm trying. It's, it's also called Emma Period. <laughs> uh, next, we've got Best Original Song, which we were talking before we started recording. This feels like a weird category this year. Uh, it's not a weird category, Brett. It's a bad category. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I can't say because I have I barely remember any of these. Most of these play in the end credits. I think all of them except for one. So they're not really present in the movie. Um, but the nominees are Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah, Hear My Voice from The Trial of the Chicago 7, Husevic from Eurovision Song Contest, uh, EOC or Scene from The Life Ahead, and Speak Now from One Night in Miami. Um, I, I have no idea what's winning here. I know that scene EOC won the, uh, golden globe, but I also feel like 
that movie, it didn't even get submitted for Best International Film. Sophia Loren never picked up steam for it. So I don't know how much the Academy is going to go for it. I kind of lean towards Speak Now from One Night in Miami, just because I think that's where they're going to award that film. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm going with Speak Now. I don't know. I, I don't know which one I want to win. I listened to Husevic that everybody seems to love, and I think it's merely okay, to be honest. You have to watch uh, the context of it, though. <laughs> That's not but how then, the song category yeah, works. Yeah, you, you reward the best song, you know? So it's Because these, the, okay, interrupting, it's Christian's turn. <laughs> go for it. Because oh, all my, the, wait, 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 my snub here is poverty. Oh, porn. Poverty porn from 40-year-old version yes. should have been in here, so yeah. Because all of these, except Husevic, are end credit things that I never even heard of until the damn movie was nominated. I think that Speak Now is going to win because, I don't know, it picks up steam. You have Leslie Odom Jr., who was on literally now every talk show talking about it. And they bring up the fact he's double nominated. Mm-hmm. And he has a Tony Award from Hamilton. So that has him winning. Although Diane Warren is, she's out for blood to win that Oscar, damn it, for the life ahead. Mm-hmm. But Husevic... I mean, you, it's, you have to watch it within context to understand why it's like, it's so big. Because, I mean, there's a better song in that movie. But yeah, it's like the big finale. But my uh, snubs are Double Trouble from Eurovision, which is the superior song of that film. Rocket to the Moon from Over the Moon, the classic Disney fair. And like Brett said, Poverty Porn. Did I say Poverty Porn? Poverty Porn. <laughs> I, I'm surprised you're not mentioning Wuhan flu from oh, Borat. Yeah, okay, and that. <laughs> and Wuhan flu from Borat's subsequent movie film. When I rewatched it, I had no idea that it's like in the movie because I'm like, where is this? And then he's singing it to a bunch of hillbilly redneck racist magas. And it's like, oh shit, this is the song. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I think it is Diane Warren's time. I think. Ooh. I think they're fine because the, the, the category is so weak to me. I could see Leslie Odom Jr. taking it. He's definitely mm-hmm. the runner up in my mind. But I think that because isn't she like the like most Oscar nominations without a win at this point? She's in the double digits. For song, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's like a sound designer somewhere that has like 18 or something. But poor guy. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I think it's our year. Um, honestly, I don't. I even wrote down for who should win. I don't care. I have no horse in this race. Like I'll yeah. feel I'll feel nothing different either way. I mean, I like her. If she mm-hmm. wins her Oscar, I'll be like, okay, good. Her has an Oscar. Um, yeah. My snubs were "Last Laugh" from "Promising Young Woman," which was a credit song, but whatever. It fucking slaps. Um, then we got two from the forty-year-old version that uh poverty porn and white man with the black woman's booty what black woman's booty i fucking love that song and yeah. i also liked rain song from minari i thought that mm. and that was oh, the short there's a song in that isn't there doesn't the short list didn't get in yeah yeah i thought I'll it just, might get in too i'll be surprised if they well i'll be surprised and i'll actually be happy if we get a chance to actually hear these at the show they have people go up there to sing these yeah, it'll be interesting. And I want Sophia Loren to sing it to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would cry then. Very nice. Well, our next one is uh, the other music category, which is best original score. 
our nominees here. This is the one nominee that they gave to the five bloods. Uh, we also have Mank, Minari, News of the World, and Soul. Uh, Christian, I believe it's it's your turn to go. What do you got going on here? Oh, is it my turn? Because I feel like I keep interrupting. I've been going in a circle and I've I've lost track, honestly. Okay. So. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with Soul. I thought it was I personally for me it was the best score of last year. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and uh, John Baptiste, great job there. And also, um, if they win and like John Baptiste, who is the music the music leader on uh, Colbert Show, that'll be interesting. To see like an Oscar on that show. I mean, I don't watch it, but I record it because, you know, right. I like seeing Oscars on regular shows. But no, it's a great, I didn't really care for the movie that much. I liked it. I didn't love it. But the score is just so good. Um, haven't seen News of the World. Minari is also a very nice score, I must mm. say. Defy Bloods is also very good. Mank score, which is also written by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And who some say is the superior of the two that they wrote for the year. It is not, however, because it is once again an unmemorable conundrum of trash. <laughs> that yeah. I disagree with. I agree with you on the sound, not on the score. score. It's, I mean, it's, it's not memorable. I don't remember a single damn thing about it. And I've only seen Soul once. I've seen Mank twice. I remember mm. Soul School. And I don't have any snubs. Um, oh, oh, actually, I do have one snub. Um, it's going to be Wolf Walkers because I mm. really did enjoy Wolf Walkers score. But Soul is my ultimate winner for my personal and for this, for the Oscars. Zay, what do you think? Um, I also agree with Soul being the best and also the one that's going to win. I, yeah, I, I did not like the movie very much. I thought it was just meh. Um, but that's, I listened to the score at work and I was like, oh yeah, this is fucking good. Good shit. Mank, I agree. It was very forgettable. Um, but yeah. Um, my only snub I really thought of, and y'all gonna roll your eyes, but it was First Cow. First Cow score fucking slaps. I agree. It's a good score. I will agree with that. <laughs> so. Oh, no, Christian, Christian, I don't, I don't know if you muscle. I don't know if you've watched long enough to get to the score, but <laughs> well, did you even watch long enough to get to the cow? <laughs> did the cow show up? No, and I rolled my eye and I think I heard something. <laughs> I thought oh you were doing gosh. a bit. <laughs> I thought you were too. <laughs> well, that's what you get. <laughs> no, I did not get far enough. I got into like 15 minutes of the movie and turned it off. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um yeah, same. Soul, it's the best. It should win. It will win. Um, I I struggle with score because I don't know what's eligible these days for score. They're always That's like, oh, this one, this one isn't eligible because this is, I don't understand where they come from. So um, one that was definitely not eligible because this is actually going to the Emmys, but I want to highlight is Sylvie's Love has a really nice score. Wait, that's going to the Emmys? Yeah. yeah Nothing makes sense TV anymore. Movie. Yeah, it's stupid. Um. Also, Promising Young Woman has a really minimalist score, but it is so effective in that movie, and I remember it being used and whatnot, so I really like that one, too. But Okay, so our next category here is Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Uh, this is what our second year, I believe, of having five nominees here. Thank goodness. We love they to see are, that. Yes. They are Emma... Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. 
uh the one starring roberto benini so which one because he's been in two versions of pinocchio the one he didn't direct that's all i know so at least i don't think he directed it um but zay what do you think here um Honestly, I have to go with how they're just boring and predictable. And I think they're going to go for Hillbilly Elegy because they just love a transformative thing. And I'll give them that. Glenn Close does not look like Glenn Close in that movie. Yes, she mm-hmm. does. But um, I think my favorite of the category is Emma. I'm going to go with Emma again. Uh, not again. We haven't gone over the second one, I think, for Emma. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very pretty movie and I think everyone just looks their best there. But I also like Ma Rainey a lot. I think Ma Rainey's uh, makeup and hair and that was also very good. Um, but that was mostly just her. I don't know. For me, it was like, when I'm thinking hair and makeup, I'm thinking, well, how much was used? And I'm like, well, with Emma, it was the entire cast. They were all up mm-hmm. and up their diddly doos. And well, Ma Rainey, I think it was mostly just Ma. I mean, of course, everyone had to have specific things and I'm not going to derail their hard work that I can never do, but I overexplained that. Anyway, um, for my snub, I don't, I, this is probably, it probably was also going to the Emmys. I don't know. But the Disney Beyonce film Black is King, I think hair and makeup would have been very do justice for that film because, oh, the hairstyles in that movie. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I'm stuck between Ma Rainey's and Hillbilly Elegy, but I'm gonna go with Ma Rainey's just because I think it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, they they do transform Glenn, and I, I could absolutely see them giving it to Hillbilly Elegy, and it's gonna piss me off. But I think Ma Rainey's is gonna have a strong showing on Oscar night. I think they're gonna show that it was ridiculous that it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, uh, and when you know three or maybe even four Oscars. So I'm gonna go with it here. I also think it's the best in the category, um, though I have not seen Pinocchio, so I don't know about that one. Um, as far as snubs, uh, one that I thought you might mention, Zay, was Birds of Prey. I could see, you know, that's I one that... I was trying to limit myself. You said we <laughs> have a time crunch. I could have put in so many things, okay? Okay? please! <laughs> that's fair. Uh, yeah, no, Birds of Prey is what I had as my biggest snub here. So, Christian, what do you got? Um, I'm also going to go with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And I want to I be the person who applied all the sweat to Viola Davis in this film. <laughs> that was makeup in and of itself. Hillbilly Elegy is fine. When I saw the movie, I'm like, that's Glenn Close. I'm not, please. <laughs> I haven't seen Emma Period yet. Mank, shut up. And Pinocchio, haven't seen and birds of praise my snub of course yeah i'm just gonna do that for everyone i see mang i'm gonna mank shut up <laughs> and emma period emma period yeah <laughs> emma period i think we've got like one more uh which is next so our next category is best costume design our nominees here are emma period uh al- almost the exact same as best makeup and hairstyling it's uh emma ma rainey's black bottom mank mulan <laughs> and uh pinocchio again this is another one that i think is going to ma rainey's black bottom i think this is its biggest lock for the night personally um though there are they it does have strong competition here but it's been winning everything um in regards to its costumes so far so i'm gonna go with ma rainey's here as well 
Um, biggest snub here was once again, uh, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. I thought the costumes in that were incredible as well. So I would have liked to see that get in. But alas, uh, Christian, what do you think on this one? Um, I'm going to go with Ma Rainey as well. Although just looking at other times of this category, Emma period has a chance possibly. Again, I haven't seen mm -hmm. it, but seeing pictures of the costumes, they are nice. But yeah, I'm going to go with Ma Rainey. Uh, Mank, shut up. I don't care about <laughs> Mulan, don't care about and haven't seen Pinocchio. And Snub, Birds of Prey, yet again. The costumes are really good in that. Yep. Yeah, um, I want to go here and contradict y'all because I think the Academy is going to go with Emma. I just, you know, the Academy, they love their period costumes. That's true. Um, but yeah, the Emma was also my favorite. I'm telling you, as much as I didn't care for the film, just loved looking at it. They got a lot of good stuff, good stuff going there. Um, and my snubs, again, Lovers Rock. And we're coming back with Black as King again, because again, the costumes and that were also great. And apparently it didn't matter anyway, but I'm going to say it anyway. So fuck you, Brett. Sylvie's Love, I thought had some beautiful gowns. That was my, my second snub, so I agree. Even though I guess we're making up rules now. <laughs> Brett is such a fascist. You guys don't know about this. I didn't decide to send it to the <laughs> Emmys. Blame Amazon. We can blame Amazon for everything. You know, add that to the list. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Ma Razor and Emma seem to be the, the front runners there. Next category we have up here is Best International Feature Film. Christian, do you want to take us away here? Okay. Um, mm, I guess it's going to be another round from Denmark because men? I don't. <laughs> I didn't really care for it, like, at all. It's not even like I didn't care for it. You know, it was fine. I didn't care for it at all. I don't see the point in it. I thought it was just dull the ending brett's like oh the ending's so great they're all dancing around <laughs> I, hold on i'll clarify i said the ending of this was better than the ending of zorba the greek which is a pretty low oh, bar so <laughs> <laughs> all right well who cares um such a good brett impression <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen better days haven't seen collective haven't seen the man who sold the skin mank shut up um my personal winner here, though, I mean, my God, if I could actually vote on this, it's Quo Vitis Ida. So good. Like, so haunting. A story I had no idea about. I just, like, the Sophie's Choice of Bosnia and Herzegovina. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, please look, it out, look out for it. It is actually on Hulu as of yesterday. Yes. Fun mm -hmm. fact. And my snubs, I have a film from Russia called Sputnik. It is a sci-fi horror film that I really enjoyed. Oh, I didn't get to that. Yeah, it's good. And that is also on Hulu. Zay, what do you think? There goes Brad telling us what to do again. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I agree. Another round is definitely, it's, it's the lock-in. I mean, you got the best director. What else is going to happen here? Yeah. Oh, um, I forgot we got that, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It was one I was going to try, but... I didn't have enough time, so I watched The Mole Age instead, um, which I probably liked more anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think another round's definitely the winner here. 
Uh, I agree with Christian that Kovadis uh, Ida, I'm so bad at this, um, this is the best one here, um, though I've only seen that and Collective here. I do want to see Better Days, and I guess I'll get to another round. And Better Days you can rent on Amazon. It's also on Hoopla. Oh, nice. If you have a library card, and your library supports Hoopla. <laughs> Yeah, uh, another round is going to win this. I I think if it doesn't win, it's probably the biggest upset of the night because it did get that Best Director nomination. I mean, none of these other films probably even sniffed a Best Director nomination. So yeah, it's going to another round, um, which I think is good, but I agree with Christian. I've seen another round, Collective and Quavadis Aida, and the latter is the best. Um, It should be winning this. Um, The biggest snub for me, and this another one, I don't know if it was eligible or not, but the one I talked about in our top 10 was identifying features from Spain Mm. and Mexico that absolutely should have been here. Um, Wish it would have gotten in, but here we are. So Um, Also, Brett talked over me. I never got to do my snubs. My bad. Um, I was told, hey, I was told to keep this to 90 minutes. So (laughs) I'm I'm just following those rules, you know? Okay, um, but yeah, uh, I have three, a son, I, I can't remember what, uh, which country, I think Thailand, maybe, don't quote me on that. Taiwan. It was Taiwan, which it was shortlisted, I think it's still on Netflix. Uh, House of Hummingbird, which South Korea, don't know if it was their selection, um, I think it's on Canopy, and just as a big fuck you, I think they should have not. I know France didn't choose cuties, but I would have put mm. cuties out there just yeah. to say, I'm so sorry to this poor woman who was a, just got so much hate for something Netflix did. Yep, I agree. At least, at least none of us said Minari. Why would we? Because some voters are like, where's that Minari movie? I enjoyed that. <laughs> who are you talking <laughs> to? <laughs> Is that Brett's brother? Because it sounds similar to Brett, your Brett impression. That's Brett's brother, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one we got here is best de- documentary feature film. What uh, are you say? I was going to say best documentary feature film. I don't know where that came from, but. Uh, we have Collective, a year after Honeyland did it for the first time, uh, the second film to get in at both documentary and international film. Uh, we also have Crip Cramp, Crip Camp. <laughs> Damn. Curse me. Uh, we, <laughs> we have The Mole Agent, uh, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. Um, Zay, we'll go to you first here. What's going on here? Honestly, for my favorites, it's just a three-way tie for me. I loved my octopus teacher time, and I just finished watching the mole agent. I think they're all fucking excellent. I like all-time great for the documentary genre. I do think that Collective has the upper end here. I've heard critics talk about it a lot, and you know, having the whole with the uh, international film with it too. I think it has more of a shot. Um, though I didn't care for it felt too clinical and cold for me I don't know mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really describe why I didn't like it all I know is I felt like I wasted my six dollars after seeing it um, but it's for free on Hulu now so and my snub is when you can call this the 
if it was nominated, you could call it for best documentary because my snub is Dick Johnson is dead. <laughs> a, I don't. I just don't understand why it was not nominated. It's so good. Yeah, I actually. So the documentary branch always snubs a big movie. And I was, I was honestly, I was like, it's going to be Dick Johnson this year. Cause it's the one that everybody loves kind of similar to like, um, won't you be my neighbor a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Apollo 11 last year. Um, and yeah. the three strangers the year before yeah, three identical strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I also like crep cramp just to make everyone, I forgot that was also the other one. I liked it. Not as much as the other three. Yeah. Um, I, so the only two I've seen here so far are Collective and Time. I am planning to watch the other three at some point. Um, I Time is my favorite of those two. Collective, I think, is okay. Um, I think I, I've been going between My Octopus Teacher and Crip Camp just because My Octopus Teacher did win the PGA, and obviously they they you know that's one of the the big ones that does a documentary category. But Crip Camp has the Obamas behind it. It's one of it's one of the films from their production company. So, and they won last year with um, American Factory. So, I could see that being the surprise that shows up and steals this. I think right now, screw it. I'm gonna go with Crip Camp. I think the Obamas are gonna pull that through. Okay. Um, Wild. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go simple and loving and go with my octopus teacher. Yeah. Just for the PGA award that it got. And I don't know, just something easy for once. We don't need anything political or I don't know. <laughs> you say, you say easy as if I didn't sob at the end of that. Fucking <laughs> anything political, anything sad. It's you know. sad. <laughs> well, I don't want to be spoilers, but something of, Let's connect back to nature. That's what 2020 was about, getting back to nature. <laughs> was it? Nature was trying to kill us. <laughs> and we need to get back to nature. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm going to go with my octopus teacher, which I actually really, really loved. And my snubs were Boy State, which I'm kind of surprised it didn't get into this because it was the... I think it would have been a weird message to what happened on January 6th, especially. And Dick Johnson is dead. John Lewis, Good Trouble. And a film called Disclosure, which is on Netflix, which Mm -hmm. is a follow-up to the celluloid closet of uh, trans imagery in film and media. Yeah, I forgot to name my snubs, but I I agree with all of those. Um, The other two I would mention, um, well, one that could have got in is, is Feels Good Man. Uh, which was on yes. Zay's top 10. And um, the another dumb Academy rule, I'm pretty sure concert films cannot be nominated here unless they have like a major backstage presence, but David Burns, American Utopia. Hamilton. I obviously love that one too. So yeah, and Hamilton is there too. So oh, I interrupted you when you said American <laughs> Utopia, but Hamilton. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, moving on to best animated feature film uh our nominees here are onward over the moon a sean the sheep movie farmageddon soul and wolf walkers i don't remember who went first last time um but christian i know you love animated stuff so why don't you take this one away it'll be soul i mean it's (laughs) disney it's pixar everybody was talking about it when it came out 
I, it's fine. I liked it. I need to see it again. But the superior choice here, and I know that it has the fact that it's on Apple TV Plus working against it, and it's very mm-hmm. hard to access, is Wolf Walkers, which is um, compared to, in terms of a non-Disney film, the way I felt about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse a few years back with just how incredible and how beautiful and how life-changing it was to watch that film. I was memorized by it, mesmerized. I'm still mesmerized by it. I love it so much. There's a whole Twitter campaign saying hashtag like Wolf Walker should win. I've already tweeted my support, but <laughs> yeah. Superior film there, Soul will win though. Um, Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon is really cute. Over the Moon is, I liked it. I know a lot of people didn't because you know, you have no taste friends. Uh, <laughs> and Onward was good. And I don't have any snubs because that I'm pretty sure is the full amount of animated features I watched because I didn't watch Trolls 2. Oh, no. You didn't watch nope. The Croods 2? Oh, my God. I didn't watch The Croods 2, no. <laughs> I didn't either, so. Zay, what do you think? Um, I agree with Christian on both counts. That Soul is the winner, unfortunately, um, as much as I'm just mad about it. I'm always mad about Pixar, Disney, just ranking up yet another animated film. Wow, uh, so you Oscar. hate Coco. Not, it wasn't, well, I'm not talking about the Cocos. I'm talking about the Toy Story 4s and other stuff. Don't give me that, Brett. I like Toy Story 4. It was not my winner that year. Mm. We put you in a corner. Anyway, uh, Wolf Walkers, yes, is my favorite. Um, and for some snubs, we've got, hold on. Oh God, my notes, where's my notes? Uh, why am I, what? Oh. The trailer to the boss, baby. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, I watched it so many times. Um, I don't know if it was actually like eligible, but Weathering With You was something I really liked. Um, it was a 2020 film in America, so I don't know how that works with like animated films. Um, Morona's Fantastic Tale, which is a very cute movie about a dog. I think it's a Spanish movie. Not sure. Um, also, The Willoughbys. I like The Willoughbys. It's a Netflix animated movie. Yeah, uh, Soul is winning this. Um, I, I do. I, I do feel bad. I, I love both Soul and Wolfwalkers. Uh, they're both pretty close for me. I'm one of the few that does prefer Soul. It's my favorite in the category, but I do actually feel really bad for Wolfwalkers fans because I feel like when this season started, a lot of people were like jumping on it and being like, this is going to top Pixar. And it's like, eh. and then Soul is winning this. Soul has two other nominations. Uh, so I, I think that definitely gives it an edge. Um, I also, a Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I've seen all these, Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. I just love Shaun the Sheep. Uh, I would happily live in a world where that wins, those movies win multiple animated feature films, Oscars. That was a, I think I, I think I like that movie. I was so high when I watched it. But um, <laughs> I, I was, I was going to say, oh, you like Shaun the Sheep so much? What's his last name? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, they could give yeah. the, they were they could feel bad about not giving the award to the first movie, and be like, I guess we got to give it to Shaun the Sheep this time. <laughs> uh, I also don't have any snubs here because, like Christian said, I think these were the only animated 
movies I caught and not just because they're nominated. These just, I watched all these before the nominations were even announced and these were kind of the big ones I'd have to pay a lot of money to rent. So I think soul also had working for it that it was released on Christmas day on Disney plus for free. You didn't have to do that mm-hmm. premiere access stuff. And everybody was home Christmas day. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Wolf Walkers is so hard to access if you don't have Apple. Right. All right. So, um, Moving on to best film editing. Uh, our nominees here are The Father, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. This is the first time we're mentioning some of the more best picture contenders. Um, Zay, why don't you take us away here and let us know what you think of this category. Um, I think it's a lovely category. I think there's been many, many winners of this category that have just went on to do great things this category. What a wonderful, wonderful category. Anyway. Zay, Bo Rap fan confirmed. No. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. But um, after watching the trial of the Chicago 7 today, I can definitely see that as the one that Academy voters are going to go for. Um, as much as I'm just like, this is just a lot of editing, not necessarily inspired choices. Um, personally, for me, The Father, it's, that movie wouldn't work as well as it does without its just supreme editing. I think it's just chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for snubs, uh, once again, Christian, put some ice on your eyes because I'm going to say I'm thinking of ending things is a great uh, snub for this category. I thought it was edited quite beautifully, as well as His House, a horror film that I talked about in my top 10 of 2020. All right. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, you know, uh, when I look at the film editing here, The Trial of the Chicago 7 is the most flashy. So that's what I'm going to roll with. It's the most visible editing of the group here, um, which the Academy really seems to like. They love their cuts back and forth. You've got the scenes where like people are talking in different locations and we're going back and forth. So yeah, I think they're going to eat that up, um, even though I, I think it's actually the weakest of the category. But that's what they do with film editing. Like we said, Bohemian Rhapsody won here. Um, so... Um, I agree. I, th- I think the father is probably, it's either the father or promising young woman for me. Um, are the tops. I could say promising young woman is my favorite of 2020. Father is the favorite of 2021. I'm going to say that. Um, and my big snub here is I think this is yet another place where the five bloods really should have worked in. Mm-hmm. So I forgot to put in the five bloods for myself. Yeah. Christian. My snub is the five bloods as well. Um, but yeah, Chicago seven is probably going to win this. The people who vote on this one, I guess the editors, they might need to go back to editing school. Or... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the father, that would be my personal vote here because the editing of that is so jarring. Mm-hmm. You're literally watching this as he's watching it, basically. and You don't know what's happening and he doesn't know what's happening. It's so good. And all the twists. I texted you during one of those twists and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because right. the editing works so well. But they're going to be boring go with Chicago 7. Yeah. Why isn't the father sweeping? (laughs) I've seen Sound of Metal be a pretty popular prediction here. And that it just seems too subtle for them for me to for me to go with. So I don't I would love to see it, but I just I don't see it. So. Uh, 
So our next category here is best cinematography. Nominees here are Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the <laughs> World, Nomadland, <laughs> and Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, so I, I think that the winner of this one is going to be the most deserving, and it's Nomadland. Um, they may do something wild and go with Mank because it's in black and white, but I think Nomadland, <laughs> Nomadland's been winning. Um, it, it is the most beautiful by far. Uh, I think it's the best cinematography photography of the year. Um, my big snub here is once again, I, it was never going to get in, but I love the cinematography of identifying features. Um, if you haven't seen that one, it's beautiful as well. So, um, Christian, what do you think on this one? Um, yeah, no man land. It's going to win. It's beautiful. And, uh, you and I both saw it in a theater recently. Yes. And it, for me, it made a hell of a lot of difference. I'm sure the same for you, but even seeing it on the big screen, it is visually beautiful, especially just like the road shots. It's not even her, but that one scene where she's walking through the, all the caravans and stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Um, Sorry. The Mank shut up is uh, it's truly awful with that cinematography. I mean, the fact that I had to read in a tweet, I'm sure one of you sent it to me or Toby sent it, I don't know, that they filmed, or no, they looked through like the black and white of an iPhone on a multi-million dollar film to get things right. Just stop while you're ahead. Cinematography snubs include for me, the 40 year old version, which does a better job at black and white. I agree. And that and Brett, how dare you forget Minari? Minari's really good too. It just I I had a few that were above it. So because you like Mank. Well, <laughs> this is also so I have a snub here that is a movie that was actually my least favorite movie of the year called The Painted Bird, but it is oh, stunning shot. <laughs> okay. Um Aren't we so glad we don't live in a society where we have to say Oscar nominated Doolittle? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I'm in agreement. Nomad Land for best and Nomad Land for the win. It just doesn't make sense otherwise, to the point where I made my own like other four movies for cinematography because the other ones just didn't impress me as much. Um, I also agree, Mank. It just looks like he needed to take a little cloth to the camera because it's kind of just like dusty and smudgy but um again first cow first cow is a beautiful movie uh minari had some beautiful cinematography uh vast of night which i think you know having such a small budget but being so beautiful they deserve it and also lover's rock lover's rock had beautiful cinematography lover's rock as well yeah all right so we are getting into what what would you say? You know, the big five categories here. I uh, got KB with us now. So, um, yeah, KB, you know, join us, I guess, for these more, uh, you know, power five categories and adding them onto his podcast as well. So, thanks for joining us, KB. And we are going to move into uh, our f- next category here, which is best original screenplay. And so, um, I'll take us away here. Five films nominated here are Judas and the Black Messiah, 
Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. This one is down to Trial and Promising Young Woman. I think it's going either one of those ways. Uh, I think Promising Young Woman is going to take the win and because it won the D WGA. I think it's going to be possibly, hopefully not, but possibly the only award that film gets. And it had a great showing on nomination morning. So I think it's going to win there. I think it's the best in the category. Uh, my biggest snub here is the 40-year-old version, which I think is personally the best original screenplay of the year. Uh, but yeah, so Christian, what do you got here? Yeah, also going with Promising Young Woman. I care less about Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, Minari is also pretty good here, but it's like Promising Young Woman that really shocked me even watching it. So the screenplay is good there. Um, Snubs, Defy Bloods. I have the 40-year-old version as well. And then Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Zay, what do you think? Um, I Again, after watching Trial of the Chicago 7, I think they're going to give it to that. Because they, they, it's very talky. It's a very talky movie. They just would not shut up in that movie. <laughs> Especially Eddie Redmayne. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... As much as I'd love it for it to go to Promising Young Woman, I don't know. I see Chicago 7 walking away with too many Oscars. Um, and my snub is also the 40-year-old version. I don't know how we let that get away. Terrible. KB, what do you think here? What's winning? What's uh, your favorite? And what's your biggest snub here? Well, I agree with you guys. Um, say... I know Aaron Sorkin, like he he writes his movies and it's talky, talky, talky. So I could see your point. But I agree with the other two that I really think Promising Young Women will take this one. Um, it's also my favorite. And as far as snubs, um, I, I really like the writing more than the directing that Sofia Coppola did for On the Rocks. Mm -hmm. So... I, I would have liked to see her at least get a writing credit for it and be nominated. I could understand, you know, like uh, Christian was saying before with the Apple TV dilemma, not as many people got to see it, but I think if more people saw it or if they campaigned harder for the writing credit, they might have been shortlisted. Yeah, that makes sense. I know that was one that was kind of a, had some buzz, but kind of disappeared after a while. So very nice. All right. So that one going to Promising Young Woman or Trial, most likely. Maybe we'll see a Minari upset. Uh, but let's go on to Adapted Screenplay. Our five films here are Borat's subsequent movie film, The Father, Nomadland, One Night in Miami, and The White Tiger getting its only nomination here. Uh, Christian, are we going to see... One of the favorites win here. Or are we going to see Borat take this one? Oh, I mean, it did at the WGA, but only uh -huh. because Nomadland was not eligible. But I think Nomadland's going to win this, rightfully so. And I remember actually when we were voting for the Kansas City Film Critics, they brought up, because it was between Nomadland and something else, Nomadland ultimately being the winner. But somebody brought up the fact that you took, you can take a book that is essentially just like a travel guide memoir of a bunch of different people and then turn into a screenplay like this where you're still looking at the lives of a bunch of people but through the perspective of one 
fictionalized person and make it some sort of remarkable storytelling. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with Nomadland here. Um, but I mean, Borat is pretty good. I think it just has the comedy factor working against it. Mm-hmm. They, they say that they like putting comedies in here, especially this year, but um, the father is also pretty good. I must say like really, really well done. Uh, One Night in Miami was fine. And I haven't seen the white tiger and just a snub. I have the boys in the band. I thought that was pretty good. It was a good adaptation. Anyway, it didn't feel like you were sitting and watching a play, even though it, it tended to want to be more like that, but it didn't feel that way to me. So, Yeah. Zay, how about you? Um, I agree. No bad land is probably going to be our winner here. Um, just because I, I, I agree. Borat is just as much as people like Borat, I don't see them actually letting it win. Um, and one night in Miami kind of being slept on everywhere else. And I don't even know how the white tiger ended up here. (laughs) I I Um, think, I don't know. They, they had Priyanka Chopra Jonas and Nick Jonas. So maybe they're just like, oh gosh, we need to have one of them in an Oscar nominated movie. So. <laughs> That's called a conspiracy. <laughs> I mean, how else do you explain it? <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nomadland, I would be happy with the winning. I think the father kind of edges out a little for me um, in terms of screenplay. And uh, once again, I'm going to have to say I'm thinking of ending things was definitely snubbed here in this category, which I'm surprised that wasn't the one that got over um, White Tiger. Mm -hmm. I will say I'm actually I'm surprised that I'm thinking of anything didn't go this far. Yeah, because it was in a lot of precursors and runners Mm -hmm. up and winner things, but I'll give it that much. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't get no shortlisting at all. It's it's really weird. Uh, Nope. Uh, yeah, but KB, what do you think in this one? Uh, I agree. It's it's Nomadland. I, I actually think this is probably the category that they'll have the easiest time winning. Um, although I wish the farther would win because it, it was well written without like long speeches and everything. Usually that's the standouts for a category like this, you know, where they open up a book or a screenplay or something and they add to it but yeah i could definitely see uh for everything that christian said before nomadland winning this one mm-hmm. now going back to last year and it's going to sound weird but if you think about it what uh lee Wannell did with the invisible man taking it from what it was before and also seeing the uh disaster that the universal monsters uh <laughs> series did with the reboot and just to take it in a totally different direction and deliver what I consider a really good movie, I, I think that is definitely a snub. But I think it's also too far and too long ago that people are probably not even thinking about it. Well, they didn't even give H.G. Wells credit in the. Oh. They didn't even say based on the novel. Interesting. I didn't. It's just that. in name. Is it just in name only, basically? For in that? name. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> If they did, it probably would have got a uh, adaptation nomination. Yeah, yeah. I also think this is going to Nomadland. But I, I think I actually struggled with it a little more, just because kind of like what you mentioned earlier, Zay. Uh, they they love their talky movies, and Nomadland does have a lot of that, but it also has a lot of quiet moments. And I don't know 
if that's appreciated compared to something like the father, um, which oh, I think well, call me by your name on it. That's that true. Has a lot of quiet moments. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think Nomadland is going to win here partially also because it's a, it's the best picture favorite. So um, I do think the father is the best just by a hair personally. Uh, big snub here for me, both in surprise and and I, I think it should have got in here was Ma Rainey, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, because um, it it got in at uh, WGA, um, and you know this might have been the first signal that it wasn't getting that Best Picture nom. So I totally forgot about that too. I include that in my snubs. Yeah. All right. So moving on to the supporting categories. First up, we'll go with uh, Best Supporting Actor. Our nominees here are Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Racy uh, for Sound of Metal, um, and perhaps the biggest surprise nomination of the day was Lakeith Stanfield as well for Judas and the Black Messiah in supporting, not in lead. Um Zay, let's have you take us away here. What do you think is going on with this one? Um, it, it's Daniel Kaluuya. It's it, 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 it's no one else. It's literally been no one else. Yeah. Um, he's also probably my pick, but also Paul Racy, Rachy, <laughs> Riri. Um, but yeah, I mean, as much as I like Paul, like really stood out to me before anyone is ever talking about award stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm sure he's happy just to be nominated, considering his career up to this point. Um, my I have two snubs here. I thought Brian Dennehy for Driveways that would have been really good, um, and also Bo Burnham for Promising Young Woman. All right, KB, what do you think here? I I agree. It's got to be Daniel Kaluuya. If you do like any research into um, the background of the movie, him learning two different dialects because um, Hampton spoke, Fred Hampton spoke differently than when he did his speeches. So just going through and the acting, if he loses, it's only because they put Lakeith Stanfield in the same category, which I don't know why they did that. He should really be in the best <laughs> actor category like you were alluding to, Brett. But, you know, maybe it's a CON conspiracy. As far as the snub, um, and this is probably like a late entry for me, I would say Kingsley Benadir because I don't know if I should put him in best actor or best supporting actor playing Malcolm X in One Night in Miami, but I really think he was a standout in that movie. So if they're all best actors. I would say he's in the best actor, but I'm going to put him here supporting and say he's definitely a snub. Yeah. Um, nothing to add here, really, on the winner's side. It is Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, it'll be shocking if he loses this, which is cool because I, this seems like a, a year where, like, he is someone who normally I would think the Academy would go with, like, oh, he'll have a chance down the road. We'll get to him later. But no, they're, they're going to do it on his. Um, you know, his second nomination, which is cool. So um, my favorite is also Paul Racy, Sound of Metal. He, he was my favorite performance overall of 2020. I agree with Zay that Brian Dennehy from Drive, Driveways was my top snub. 
Um, I also would have gone with Coleman Domingo from uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I thought he was really great. And uh, my personal favorite from One Night in Miami was Aldous Hodge. He was probably the most, one of the quieter moments in that film, quieter performances, but I thought he just really played that role really well. So Christian, what do you got here? Um, Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya is taking this easily. Um, Paul Racy was my favorite of the year, but it's Daniel all the way. And I like that because he is pretty good in that film. My snubs are Brian Dennehy for Driveways and Coleman Domingo for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and James Corden for The Prom. Can we kick (laughs) people out on Zoom? Hold on. <laughs> you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna make it easier on everyone. I'm gonna go. I'm joking. <laughs> Waited for it. All right. Um, going on to best supporting actress, what we've got here uh is first off Maria Bakalova, who was probably the surprising front runner until SAG happened. Uh, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, poor Glenn. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Amanda Seyfried for Mank, and Yu Jung Yoon for Minari. Poor, she still got the nomination. Why are you saying poor Glenn? <laughs> she got the nomination. But, she didn't deserve it. The discourse. <laughs> uh, KB, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think is happening here? Who's winning this? Olivia Coleman, Olivia Coleman, Olivia Coleman. Ooh. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking a chance here, but I think that not only did she give the best performance in, I mean, you're going against Anthony Hopkins. Let's just start right there. But I, it's also one of my favorite performances of the year. Um, so I will say she's who will win and she is who should win. Um, as far as a snub, and this is not my personal one because I really don't have any in this category here. But I've been hearing good things about Jodie Foster in the. Mm. Come on, somebody say it. The, Mor- Mauritanian? Mauritanian, yeah. Yes, Mauritanian. Thank you. Um, so that's definitely one I wish would have seen it because um, I, just from what I've been reading and everything, she's been getting some accolades and some buzz and it would have been nice if the Academy just honored her for that performance. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, this one's tough. I, I personally think it's going to be either Maria Bakalova or Yu Jung Yoon. And I'm going to go with Yu Jung Yoon. Uh, she got the support of her fellow actors at SAG um, I, I think that was a win that everybody loved. Her fellow nominees loved to see her win. Um, and so I, I think that once again, this may be the only win that Minari gets. Um, and it did, it's one of those that did really well this year. So I'm going to go with her. Uh, we'll see what happens at BAFTA. The only two that are going at it there are her and Bakalova. So that'll be interesting. Um, my favorite here, like you said, KB is actually Olivia Coleman. Um, of course, I'm a big fan of hers, but I think she, like you said, a, just across from Anthony Hawkins, she was stunning in the film. Um, my biggest snub here is, so the one that was never going to get nominated because the Oscars hate her is Toni Collette uh, for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. They don't really hate her. They just hate horror films. Um, 
but I thought she was great. But the other one that I just reiterated after I saw it again is Swanky from Nomadland. She absolutely should be here. Either her or Linda May. Either one would be great. So um, we love Swanky. Every, everybody <laughs> loves Swanky. She should have been here, and she—it was a great performance. It was—it was heartbreaking. So um, I really wish she would have got in. But yeah, what do you think, Christian? Yes, Swanky. Um, very brief. That's one of those brief roles that impacts the whole damn movie. Because I was thinking about her the whole time after she's off screen. Yes. And then yes, ugh, so heartbreaking. But I think SAG a little bit helped me in determining who I would want or who I think is going to win this. And I'm going to go with Yu Jung Yoon from Anari. Although, I mean, I I don't know how much BAFTA will influence it with just those two in it. But I'm going to go with Yu Jung. Although I do, I really like the Maria Bakalova stuff. I don't know if she still has the Rudy Giuliani stuff going for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, because what people were, uh, when she lost the Golden Globes and Rosamund Pike saying something like, oh, I'd hate to be you doing that. Like, <laughs> but I do, I do really like Olivia Coleman as well. But for personal, like for personal reasons, the father is for my 2021 stuff. So she, mm-hmm. we'll see how long she lasts for over there. Yeah. But yeah. And Amanda Seyfried, she's fine. Glenn Close is, I keep saying, make make the damn Sunset Boulevard movie and get the damn Oscar and leave me alone. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Zay, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go here on a limb and say you, John, being the winner, I think. Um, also, I'd be happy if she won or Bakalova. The things that girl went through, traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah nothing really to add there except my unhinged uh snubs because i agree with brett on tony collette but we did not mention june squib for hubie halloween (laughs) yes or the titular character the first cow or finally and maybe the most important trish from (laughs) star um (laughs) Trish, I won't say the act, just Trish. Just Trish. Don't don't say who it is. It's just Trish. <laughs> Very nice. God. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that. You know, that's one of those small roles that's small, yet impactful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um so yeah, also also cool thing is that two of the the biggest front runners here they are kind of you know unknown to most in Hollywood before this and both um, not from the U.S. So um, and if you th- throw Coleman in there, then her she's not from the U.S. either, obviously. So uh, for best actor, our nominees here are Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, uh, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins the Father, Gary Oldman for Mank. And sure. Stephen Yoon for Minari. Uh, I think this one's pretty similar to Kaluuya. I think Chadwick Boseman has this locked up. Um, great performance, very deserving. I, I don't want to hear about, you know, it's because he's gone now. It's a great performance. It'll be a great Oscar win. Um, my personal favorite in the category is Anthony Hopkins because it, it, it contends with his work in Silence of the Lambs, which says enough. Um, but yeah, my biggest snub here. Let me see. Uh, I, oh yeah, Delroy Lindo. Come on, Delroy Lindo. It's right there. That the treatment of him this award season is one of the biggest stains. So 
the man has a hashtag named after him. Exactly. And it blew up. I've seen shirts. Yep. I've seen shirts that said nominate Del Orlando. And he was aware of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Christian, what do you got going here? Uh, Chadwick. I mean, 100%. He's taken it. And it'll be interesting to hear what his wife has to say as well. Because she's been making very nice speeches. Yes. Riz Ahmed is... Well, for 2020, he's my personal favorite for 2020. For 2021, and I'm I'm going to be impressed if he stays at my number one for this whole year, but Anthony Hopkins is incredible in the father. Excuse me. I also like Stephen Ewan a lot in Minari. Mm-hmm. Gary Oldman's there, yes. <laughs> yeah. And Joe Orlando, yes, like we said, very much so. But I also really like Ben Affleck. I know hey. he didn't have a chance, but I really liked him in the uh, – what the hell's that movie <laughs> The way back, way back, the way back. Yes. Yeah, he I'm, is very I'm, good. I'm already planning a joke for the end of this, so that's in my head too. <laughs> Zay, what do you got going here? I agree, Bozeman's lock, um, and I also really appreciate his performance. And Anthony Hopkins is also. It's basically if either of them ever won, I'd be fine. But of course, Chadwick, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Delroy Lindo, of course, also. Like, it's the snub, <laughs> along with, I, I personally think Nicolas Cage in Color Out of Space is the Ooh. best use of Nicolas Cage in a decade or so. And I think it's a phenomenal. I agree. Absolutely insane performance. So Wow. Even he better than Mandy. Nicolas Cage. Okay, it's up there. Okay, sorry, I forgot about Mandy. It's there with Mandy. <laughs> he used that Mandy energy and he put it into a different movie. Nice. Yeah, KB, what do you think? I agree with everyone. It's Chadwick. Um, I think this is when I'm going to have my popcorn ready for, you know, if Anthony Hopkins was to win, I wouldn't be upset. If Steven Young was supposed to win, you know, but I really think it's going to be Chadwick and I agree with everyone. Everyone else, it's hashtag justice for Delroy Lindo. But also, way way back was also probably Ben's best performance. Um, you know, everybody talks about Argo and all that. No, um, it was it was this one. Yeah, I agree. I, I think if you, and this has been going around a lot. So this is not a new thought by me by any means. But if you take out Gary Oldman and put in Delroy Lindo. I mean, th- this has to contend for like one of the, the best ever um, actor lineups. I mean, it, it's pretty astounding. So, agree. All right. So, um, up next, we have best actress. This is, this is the one. This is the one that is generating the most conversation. Stats are, I'm not going to say they're meaningless, but they're almost meaningless because everybody has things working for and against them. But our nominees are Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andra Day for The United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, both of those being the only nominations for their respective films, uh, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Christian, what are you doing here? What do you got? Oh, oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. oh, sweet Jesus. Well, I just want to say, I'm sorry to Vanessa Kirby that you're not in any of the discussion of any of this. You're just, you're merely there for a role that I actually very much liked in a movie I liked. So thank you, Vanessa, for your time. 
you can leave. Um, God, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to be Carrie, right? I loved that performance of Promising Young Woman. I also really liked the Frances McDormand one. Andrew Day, fine. The movie is awful. I'm sorry. Yes. SAG might have influenced me a lot, but I, I might, yeah. Viola? <laughs> Question mark? Go for it. Yeah. SAG, okay, okay. So from the talk, from SAG, I don't know. SAG influenced me a lot because one, you are having your fellow peers vote on you for that award. High crossover with the Academy. And then your peers go ahead and vote in the same fashion that way. She's not nominated for the BAFTA, correct? Or Nope. The no. only two that are are uh, McDormand and Kirby. So okay. the two that haven't won yet. So I don't know. But again, the whole crossing over between SAG and voting for the Oscars, that gives her a lot of edge. And plus, I've seen a hell of a lot of the for con- your consideration situation with her in it. Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I don't know how divisive that movie is amongst the older voters, mm-hmm. but they might not get it. I don't think. Francis is good. Ugh. I'll solidify with myself and say Viola. And I also want to caveat here and say that Toby, a friend of the podcast, also would like to say that he predicts Viola and he predicted her a long time ago and wanted to say, and I'm paraphrasing here, if she wins, I told you also. <laughs> and my snub is, or my snubs are, is a Han Yi Ri for Minari, who's the mother, and Elizabeth Moss for The Invisible Man. Both great performances. Justice for Elizabeth Moss. I agree. Um, yeah, um, I also think Viola is going to take it. Um, for a little bit, I thought Carrie was the showman, but, you know, going back, I, I'm thinking back to what Toby was saying as well, um, that I also thought that she was just going to get it, like, from when the movie dropped. Um, so to going back to those feelings, I'm like, I think it's Viola again, as much as I would want Carrie to get it. Um, I'm not like some of Twitter who's going to try and do a smear campaign on Viola fucking Davis. No. Um, and they tried to starting last week when she won SAG, they tried yep. to do that. And I don't understand it. Still trying. Um, oh, 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 oh. Um, before I do snubs, um, this joke I forgot to tell earlier. Um, when Christian mentioned cocaine trees in old Hollywood, do you think that's what Catherine Hepburn kept in her garden? That's why she wouldn't let anyone in there? They were just cocaine trees after cocaine mm. trees. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, my other snubs, along with Elizabeth Moss, uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, I think she just embodies a superhero like no one else will. And ha- I mean, I guess like you've got Robert Downey Jr. People were gunning for him to get an Oscar for some reason. Um, and I think she does just as good of a job, if not better. Um, to bring to such an unhinged role and also this is biased I'll admit this is biased I'm sad Sophia Loren did not get the nomination I think it was a great I think it was a great performance and the category was crowded regardless but I love her she's one of my favorites and I would have just loved to see her get another nomination 
Yeah. I also don't think she was as in as much of the movie as everybody was expecting. Like, I think it was marketed as this big starring vehicle for her and she was probably more supporting. So that, yeah, I agree. KB, what do you think here? I'm going to go a little bit different. Um, just from what I've been reading, I, I really think Francis McDormand might take it. I, it wouldn't be my choice, but if we're doing predictions, that's who I think will take it. Um, I'd rather see Carrie Mulligan or Viola Davis win. Um, if I had to choose, I would choose one of those. But I, I really think uh, people are high on Nomadland. And I think uh, be, on the strength of that and the strength of her past nominations and wins, I, I think McDormand might take it. I agree with all your snubs so far. Um, especially for Invisible Man and everything. And I'll add one more to it. And this is left of center, but I'm going to say Zendaya. Ooh. I think to, in Malcolm and Marie, to carry um, pretty much half the film and, you know, outside of his diatribes <laughs> and speeches, Christian doesn't agree with me, but I continue. <laughs> um, I, I think just playing that role, I, I think she held her own. I mean, if you think about it, she had her director, writer, all those people from her HBO show. So I think she was just adding on kind of like that was training and this was where she could actually perform. Mm -hmm. But I want to hear Christian's reply to that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that movie just, I don't know, that movie. I, I was actually going to bring it up because I'm, Remember the whole spiel that we had when she was like a hot contender? Mm -hmm. That movie came out of nowhere, and then people watched the movie and they're like, This is a terrible film. She just, I don't know. She, she, to me, Zendaya doesn't have the range. It's not there. I've seen her do the same thing in everything I've seen her. So. I just don't I think, think the script young, helps her. I think she's young and I think she's getting there. We'll, we'll revisit this in like five to 10 years. That's fair. Um, I didn't see the movie. <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> yeah, this is the toughest acting category I have ever had to call. Um, so Viola Davis, she won SAG. Should be the favorite, but her film didn't got, get nominated for Best Picture. And if her and Chadwick win, that would be the first time we see lead actress and actor for the same film, and it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. So there's that. Uh, Andra Day, she won Golden Globe. They've had really good crossover with one of the actress wins winning the Oscar since like Halle Berry. So that helps, but she didn't get nominated to SAG. And I've heard that's because they didn't get screeners in time. I've heard that's a big factor there. So who knows? But she's the only nominee from her film. Previous, like the last two times was Charlize Theron and uh, Julianne Moore. They both swept for the most part the season so and you know more was overdue Vanessa Kirby I feel like she's in last place here honestly I just don't think there's enough support for her film if she wins BAFTA I could see it Frances McDormand is intriguing especially if she wins BAFTA because they clearly like that movie a lot however I think they're going to consider best picture her win because she is a producer on the film so Carrie Mulligan also intriguing she might be she might win it. I know she only has critics choice, but 
BAFTA did things weird this year. They not weird. It, I actually really liked it, but they, they had a jury pick their nominees and that's the reason a lot of these folks didn't get nominated. But I think if they had done things in a normal year, she would have gotten nominated and might've won BAFTA too. So, but I told myself that I would predict the SAG winner and I'm just sticking to that. I'm going to go with Viola Davis as well. I did not think three out of four of us would go with Davis, but I think you've got that she won SAG. And I think the thing is that people love Viola fucking Davis. Like everybody loves Viola Davis. And so, you know, she's going to give a great speech. Um, she's great in the role. History is going to be made regardless. So I think it's going to go to her, but it's tough. Um, my big snubs, the one, a couple that haven't been said yet. Uh, I don't think anybody said Nicole Bahari for Miss June or for, yeah, Miss Juneteenth. Right. She is phenomenal in that. Rada Blank in the 40 year old version. Mm -hmm. And one I'm surprised um, that we haven't heard yet is uh, I'm going to completely do terrible with this name, but Jasna Jurichich for Quo Vadi Saida. Mm -hmm. Amazing there as well. So a lot oh, of good I choices have there. I have one more snub as well. Go for it. This another, sorry if I butchered the name. Um, Mer Meryl Streep <laughs> or the prom. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We will see what <laughs> happens. We will see what happens with that one. Um, we'll see if you know I get it. But... You know they're saving that one for second to last. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So we got two more categories. Our next one here is best director. Um, we have Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell for Promising Young Woman, David Fincher for Mank, Thomas Vinterberg, another surprising uh, nom that day for another round, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Zay, going to go to you first here. What are we going to see? I think we're going to make history. I think Chloe Zhao is going to get it. I, I feel it in my soul. And she's the most deserving of the group, I believe. She directed the hell out of that movie. Mm -hmm. I don't, I have nothing else to add to that. Like, she, she is the one. She, this is what we need. If a woman doesn't fucking win this year, <laughs> I'm tired of Catherine Bigelow being the only female director to win an Oscar. I don't like Catherine Bigelow. I want a woman director I can get behind. Anyway, and my snub is, of course, Steve McQueen, who, he, he, how did he do all that? A year? Yeah. He deserved Unreal. it. Unreal. KB, what do you got? I'm in full agreement with Zay. It's Chloe Zhao's The Whoop Blues. I, I think she's also the most deserving here. Um, that goes without saying. Um, as far as the snub, although I don't think the movie was deserving, I think Regina King for her first uh, feature film direction should have been deserving of at least a thing because it's not her fault. They, they got the same person who did the play to adapt the screenplay. So it probably could have opened up more 
with a different writer or a team of writers or maybe even an assistant one. But I think with the material that she was given, she did a really good job as far as direction. So, um, yeah, just to see her get an um, I'd, I'd really like to see what she has coming up next. Yep. I agree. Um, yeah, this is, this is Chloe Zhao's going to win this. Um, she, she has had the most unreal dominant award season just as an individual in multiple categories that I think I've seen between director and picture. She's also the editor of the film. Um, and, and, you know, with the screenplay as well. Um, so yeah, she, she's just, it's been remarkable to watch her run. And I think she's going to complete it by being like you said, say the, the second woman to win best director and the first woman of color to do it. So that's going to be a really cool moment. My favorite is, it's, it's either her or Fennell. I, I go back and forth. Um, I think what Fennell did was really bold and, and can't believe that's a debut with promising young woman. Um, the women rule this category for me. I agree. So the two that you both mentioned for snubs are actually my next two, Steve McQueen, Regina King. And so I will round it out with Rada Blank for a uh, 40-year-old version. I thought her work was really good as well. So Christian. This is why the Oscars needs a best first feature. Yes, absolutely. Because there's so many this year, you know, with those, with her, with one that you might mention, Christian, I don't want to take it away from you if you are, but um, go ahead. Tell us what you're thinking. Uh, yes, I'm going to go with Chloe Zhao, of course. I mean, and it's going to, oh my God, can they please get, and I'm sorry, Zay, but can they get Catherine Bigelow and Barbara Streisand to come <laughs> to present this one? That way Barbara can do the whole, the time has come, Chloe Zhao again, because I need that to happen. I need that to happen. And Catherine Bigelow can be there for support and, you know, welcome to the club situation. Um, but my favorite of this group, I do like Chloe Zhao's direction, Emerald's direction. I do like uh, Lee Isaac Chung's a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Darius Martyr for Sound of Metal, I really did like. Not on here. Was that the one? Yeah, that was the one. Okay, yeah. that was, yeah, yeah. And also Spike Lee for Defy Bloods. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, good. Who do I write? Barbara. Let's go. Let's do this. Come on. You live in LA. <laughs> All right, well, we have reached our final category here, the, the best oh, picture. Wanna, oh, oh I'm it. sorry. I just want to say, um, David Fincher and Mank, bruh, like <laughs> everybody thought you were going to win at one point. That's hilarious. Okay, best picture. Yeah, yeah. Going to have to wait once again, uh, though it makes sense this year. So best picture. This year we had eight nominees, which I personally thought was terrible. Uh Throw in a ninth. Throw in Ma Rainey's. What the hell? Um, glad they're make going it back to 10. T- yeah, make, make it to 10. 10. They're going back to 10 next year, which is great. So finally. Um, but our nominees were The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, KB, take us away here. What do you think in our big category? I think it's going to go to Nomadland. Um, I think for what the picture did and the cinematography and the direction, as we just mentioned, and McDormand's performance and Swanky, yes, 
Um, I really think that the combination of that will get a award for uh, Chloe Zhao for Best Picture in this case. Um, I know this is something you wanted to see, Brett, since the writer. So I think this will be the one and the time and the moment. And yay for women. Let's, let's just give it up for that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I wouldn't mind if the father won, because that's probably my favorite movie of the year. Um, but yeah, I don't see it happening. As far as who's missing to round out that 10, I'd have liked to see the five bloods there and Ma Rainey's as well. I think uh, those two were desperately missing, but as far as the five bloods, I think they gave Spike his for writing for Black Klansman, and now they're like, okay, no, just go away. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, you know, the Heisman, the, the stiff arm is what they're going to give him for a couple other uh, pictures there. So, He'll, he'll be back in a couple of years, but until then, I don't think they're going to even acknowledge any type of film that he puts out. Plus Netflix, I, I don't know. I think more people saw it than if it was released in a movie, but yeah, it's, it's not going to be up there. So Nomadland, that's my choice. Yeah, I think Nomadland is so heavily the favorite here that I think it's a lot harder to pick a runner up than it is to decide what's going to win best picture for predicting purposes. Um, you know, cause there, there are like three or four films that if nomad didn't win, I could see taking it, but I just, I don't see a case where nomad land loses. The biggest mark against it is that it didn't get in for SAG ensemble. Um, kind of similar to the shape of water. I, I just don't think that's going to be a big deterrent. Um, a, a lot of the actors in the film are non-professional actors. So that's probably a big reason why, um, even though the ensemble is great. No, Nomadland, I, I think it's going to win this. Um, I hope we don't have another situation where like we all predicted Roma and then it ended up losing. But, you know, this one PGA, this one Critics' Choice, this one Golden Globe, it's, it's just, it's got everything it needs. Um yeah, my favorite from the group uh, is Promising Young Woman. It was it was my favorite of 2020. Um, and so would not mind if, if it won either. Uh, my two snub, my you know biggest snubs here are One Night in Miami. I'm a little surprised that one didn't get in as well. And yeah, screw it. Sylvie's Love. You know, it's not eligible, but that was another film that I loved from that year. So, but I agree. The Five, five Bloods, you know, should have been here as well. They're probably pissed at spike because he made that comment that he lost to driving miss daisy twice and now they're just gonna shove him aside and it's bullshit but oh well uh christian what do you think here i'm gonna do my best jack nicholson voice here and the oscar goes to mank (laughs) (laughs) just stop it no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, okay. I, Nomadland. It's it's interesting that it's one of those years where Nomadland sweeps, and we know it's going to sweep. We know it's going to win Best Picture. That nobody's even caring. Nobody's focused on that. We're just focused on that Best Actress race, which is fine. Nomadland's super deserving. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good, great film for especially, you know, what twenty twenty was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my personal favorites are Sound of Metal course minari promising young woman and my snubs the five bloods and the invisible man also i thought that should have i mean it was never yeah. going to but you know 
but uh, it, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, and Mankin. I'm just glad that the steam for the trial of the Chicago Seven is going out so fast. Hit a brick wall, like right. a complete brick wall. So that's yeah. it. No man land for me. All right. Zay, and what do you think? On, and it'll be on physical media, so I can own it. Yes. Because if any Netflix movie wins, that's like a ooh, that's a 50-50. It has to go to Criterion, like they did with the Irishman or uh, a Merit Story, most likely. So. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on the phone with my manager. Uh, did we all agree Sonic the Hedgehog? Best movie of the oh, year going to win? Forgot to scroll down to my duck. I forgot it was nominated. Of course, Sonic. No. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. you you think you're on the Razzies podcast. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Nomadland. I mean, what else? It's um, I'd be happy if Minari won them. I'm very into Minari. Or Promising Young Woman. I think Promising Young Woman be, it's a little too divisive to be a Best Picture winner. Yeah. But I'd be happy. But yeah. Uh, my snubs being Lovers Rock and I'm thinking of ending things. Yep. Yeah, so we, we have Nomadland as the big winner um, in, in multiple categories. I think we all predicted it, predicted it for director, uh, cinematography screenplay so it should be should be the big winner of the night but we will see we've still got 15 days before this all happens um, and so who knows what could happen by that time but that's what we've got um, and so we'll see we'll see how we do on Oscar night when the, when it finally arrives see what happens um, but as always thank you uh, for everyone who is listening who always checks into these Um Predictions are always fun. Enjoy doing these every year. Um, so as always, feel free to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, um, you know, where, wherever you listen. Um, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Thanks as always to Joshua Arnoldi for doing our theme music. Um, and thanks once again to Zay and KB for joining on. This is our, our biggest episode yet by population. So um, it was fun to have you both. Uh, Zay, any final thoughts from you? Um, you're welcome. I'm glad to be on the show. It's too bad I'm banned after this episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry to my fans. Um, I'm guess I'm gonna have to do my own podcast, a rival podcast. Um, more details on that. Just find. I I don't have social media. Just throw a rock out there. I'll find the rock. I'll send the rock in the mail, so you can find where my podcast is. Thank you there you go <laughs> kb how about you any final thoughts from you say i would gladly be a guest on your first episode of that podcast <laughs> <laughs> because i know you don't want christian on so <laughs> <laughs> um i i think this besides the whole weirdness of this past year and a half and the movies and everything the, the year of the biopics is just a great way to summarize how this has been but i don't know i i think as things open up and people get vaccinated and everything it's going to be nice to return home i know christian did uh i don't know about the other two but i'm looking forward to just being back at the movies again full time you know once twice a week 
you know, I miss it. I miss that being alone in the dark feeling. So I'm just looking forward to it. It's funny you say that because Zay, Brett, and I all went to the movies in the past week. All, all three for Nomadland, right? I, Christian, you've seen multiple, but... Well, yeah, I went I went to Frank yeah. Egg, and then Zay and I both saw Godzilla. Oh, there no, you no, go. I saw yeah. Nomadland, yeah. In theater? <laughs> no. Oh, I, I thought I'm you trying to save face. <laughs> also, Zay, um, when are we recording? <laughs> Um, I would say the only thing I've I've seen uh, since the beginning of the pandemic is Tenet because I couldn't see that on home theater and appreciate it as much as on the big screen. But yep. as soon as I'm vaccinated, I'm looking forward to going back. Hopefully with you guys. Yeah, it it was nice. I I I told Christian I I saw Nomadland in a you know a, a smaller, not a big AMC or anything like that, small theater, um, and it, it just the smell of popcorn and the image, it just hits you when you walk in after being away from for so long. So it's special. Um, and Toby learned how to beat the system. So we'll have multiple seats around us that are, uh, you can't reserve for other people. <laughs> there you go. I won't tell you what, I won't tell you what theater chain though, in case they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the theater folks who are actually taking the, the necessary steps to, to keep people safe and allow them to go back to the movies. So. All right. Well, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. We will be back soon with more episodes of which picture was best. And so tune in for those and um, yeah, see you next time. Oh, I have one more thing to say. Yeah, go for it. Thank you all for listening. And uh, I'm just excited next year when I am pre-predicting that Space Jam, A New Age will receive 12 nominations. Thank you and good night. (laughs) 